threat known for being rodents. Famous for being chefs. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why rats are secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. My guest today is Josh Gondelman. I know, very exciting. Josh Gondelman. Josh is a wonderful writer. You might have seen his work as head writer of the show Jesus and Marrow on Showtime or as a writer for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver or in The New Yorker. I'm going to link a couple favorites there of mine, especially one about meeting up in New York City. On top of that, Josh is an author. His latest book is entitled Nice Try, Stories of Best Intentions and Mixed Results. And then, hey, Josh Gondelman is a stand-up comedian, multiple great specials out. His latest and greatest is entitled People Pleaser. And it's a really, really funny hour. You can see it in here at lots of places. I'll have links for that at sifpod.fun. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that Josh and I each recorded this on the traditional land of the Canarsie and Lenape peoples, and acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode, and today's episode is about rats, an incredible animal in cities and, and in almost everywhere else. Also, this episode is a special patron pick. Rats have been a frequent suggestion in the polls at sifpod.fun. Extra thanks to Sarah Stella for being a listener who's championing those and rooting for those in the polls. And then what happened is, a few weeks ago, I did a live episode of this podcast at a great venue in New York. It's called Caveat. The live episode that we did, it's an entire SIF episode about raccoons. And, you know, after the show, I got to meet a bunch of you. And I met a bunch of you before, too. And that was maybe the best part. Just an absolute total treat to get to know you, to get to talk to you, to put names to faces or faces to names, however that works. Anyway, thank you all so much for making that so joyful. And one of the folks who came and attended the show is Sarah. Got to meet Sarah. We also talked about how raccoons as a topic pretty aligned with rats, especially the the city angle that we ended up taking on it in the live show. Also, by the way, do check the links at sifpod.fun if you want to see that raccoons live episode because we recorded it. It's available video on demand. You can you can check it out. You can just go ahead. There's links and explanation there. In the meantime, thank you so much to Sarah Stella and to everybody else who got excited about it too. There were a lot of people, but thank you for pushing for a rats episode. It's happening now. Please sit back. Or keep walking through a city that probably features the topic. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with my wonderful guest, Josh Gondelman. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Josh Gondelman, it is so good to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. And of course, I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. So I'd love to know how oh, you sure. feel about rats. <laughs> um, so as a New York City resident, I mm. have, I would say, intimate relationship with rats is maybe too much, <laughs> but I have a familiar relationship with rats. That makes it sound a little less sensual. Um, good stuff, yeah. The, <laughs> I, I think about them a lot because... During the kind of deep period of isolation during the pandemic, the rats kind of lost a bunch of their regular places to go because there was less like restaurant trash and industrial trash. So they were just around in regular trash bags more than usual. And so once the sun went down, you could hear my wife Maris described like 9:30 to 10:30 as quote the hour when the rats scream and they were just like so much more of a neighborhood presence than they'd ever been and it's it's abated for sure but it was like really i had a real like i would walk my dog and be like we got to watch out this is a bad neighborhood <laughs> cuz there were like rats that were 
straight up looking for a fight, it seemed like. Congratulations on weathering the hour when the rats scream. Thank I, you. We, yeah. We moved here like August 2021. So most mm-hmm. experiences, I think, are post the rat adjustment to this mm. new situation. I did not go through yeah. that. Wow. It was really weird. It was like, yeah, it was like 2020 into like when people were mostly vaccinated. And then I think when stuff kind of loosened up, the rats were like, all right, back to normal. But it was like, a, you know, there was the COVID-19 pandemic and then the rat scream pandemic as well. <laughs> Could you tell how your dog felt about the sound of the rat screaming? Because I don't have a dog, but as I understand it, they don't love the weird sounds like fireworks and stuff. She, our dog is like pretty sound agnostic unless it signifies like something she knows is an enemy to her she's never had a problem with fireworks or storms but like there's a a dog that kind of careens up the stairs of our building and you can hear (laughs) this dog like kind of bang against our doorway like it runs up this it it's the only dog I've ever heard that sounds like it's running up the stairs the way you would fall downstairs. <laughs> like, there's just like, blah, 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 smash. And um, and that sets her hair on end a little bit. But the rats d- mm, didn't yeah. seem to bug her unless she could see them visually. And then there was a little bit of like, what's that? Do I chase it? And she's like an old, she's an elderly pug. So when she wants to chase something, it's like a... Uh, it's ceremonial more than anything. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, it's like one lunch and like, nah, you kids have fun. <laughs> it's, it's like what an old admiral is back on a boat. Like, I could yeah, do the yeah, sails, yeah, yeah, yeah. as we know. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they don't, he, she's not pulling the rigging or she's they, someone's doing it for her and she's sitting in a coat covered with medallions. <laughs> and uh, with New York being such a source of rat experiences i'm also curious mm-hmm. if you had any prior because i'm i'm from the chicago suburbs and really didn't see them like we'd have like raccoons chipmunk squirrels and then in my first la neighborhood we had a bunch of skunks but this is really oh, my rat city is it you're you're <laughs> this is the rat city isn't it yeah um that that sounds like what a Batman villain made of rats would say, like the Rat King. Really, like, oh. this is the Rat City, Batman. You're just a rat of the sky, and then Bruce Wayne is like, I am just a sky rat. That's what a bat is. Um, but I didn't have a ton of. We had, I think, I lived in Alston, Massachusetts, and we for a while in like a big house full of like guys who hadn't figured it out yet and cool. <laughs> there were a few some mice and then but there wasn't like the rat culture in new york is just like you're gonna see rats they'll be on the subway tracks just wandering around. like they somehow have this confidence to like cross the subway tracks and like hang out and you you yeah. rarely see it turn out badly for them they're just very much like we got this we know how this works like a better sense of the train schedule than i have <laughs> uh but before that I, yeah it was it was most there were occasional mice in my life and then i grew up in the in the boston suburbs and, and alston i should say is like a borough of boston essentially and so oh, okay. it, it's yeah. within the city yeah and um and that's where i would see some mice and like an occasional outdoor rat like scurry across uh you know like a uh cement front lawn area but in new york it's just like oh yeah you will see rats all the time and that's part of it yeah especially that subway tunnel comfort you would think Mm -hmm. just the noise of a subway train going over you would be bothersome but they know they seem very at ease it's fine yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is almost meditative for us it's kind of a it's a white noise machine for us we're very relaxed by it it's just how we was raised Well, uh, there, there's a bunch of stuff here about rats, and thank you so much for joining me for it. And Thank you on, for having me. Oh, yeah. And and on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic, it's a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. And this week, that's in a segment called, uh, and folks imagine I'll have electric guitar, mm-hmm. and then stats, 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 the numbers for this beast, statistics, fill this podcast released, dun 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 I ruled. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think that was very metal, and I'm it put me in the right frame of mind for some Good. rat stats, baby. <laughs>
This, uh, this name was submitted by Paul Jarvanen. Thank you, Paul. We have a new name for this segment every week. Please make them as silly and wacky and bad as possible. Submit to SifPod on Twitter or to SifPod at gmail.com. And, uh, and this week, it's a very loaded stats and numbers section this week. Okay. Uh, also, Josh was doing some heavy metal hands, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, the first number here is a ratio. The, the ratio is more than one to one. And that's the approximate ratio of rats in the world to humans. We think there are more rats globally. Okay. Which is fine. Right. It's fine. Not a judgment. No judgment there. <laughs> I do. I like that ratio because I don't think there shouldn't be rats. I'm not like, uh, eliminate them. But I do. <laughs> I do like if we had to like fight them one to one, we could take the rats. I agree. Yeah. In a fight. Yeah. I feel like each listener too. like each of you is prepared to handle your like assigned rat when the time comes. Yeah. And hand to pod comment. Right. This is you just <laughs> listeners know that this might be coming and just brace yourself to have to fight one rat. And I think you could. Yeah. <laughs> and and with all rat population estimates, it's very loose like i mm-hmm. i was checking sources for like how many in new york city and got everything from hundreds of thousands to like millions and millions it's all it's all <laughs> hard to count uh they it's hard to tell also if you've seen one twice you know but yes uh, yeah yeah yeah. they they don't reply to the census in any kind of like organized manner <laughs> just another rat with a little sash uh, like the oh clipboard. yeah, yeah come yeah, knocking yeah. on the door just like just a few questions this ratio is from back in 2011. This was NPR doing coverage of a human population milestone, because in, in October 2011, the United Nations said we reached 7 billion humans. Uh, and okay. now we're approaching 8, so it's grown fast. But uh, yeah. NPR was like, okay, if we know how many humans, how many of like everything else? And yeah. experts told them there are definitely more bacteria and viruses than humans, yeah, more no insects uh, in most species, a lot of like ocean species, there's more of them. Mm. But as far as like land animals with, that are vertebrates that are more than us, there actually aren't that many. One of them is chickens, because we've just farmed so extensively. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of sad. Yeah, they estimated over 18 billion at the time, which Whoa. is way more than 7 billion humans. So. Yeah harder fight i wonder how <laughs> i wonder if the rats are closing in on eight billion by now yeah like i wonder if it's been a better decade plus for humans or rats in terms of just numbers oh. raw numbers not in terms of like health and happiness <laughs> i feel like the rats are holding steady in terms of like we've had a pretty up and down last few years and i feel like the rats you know other than the stress of needing to find new garbage as we talked about before yeah i don't i don't think that they felt it as hard. I don't think they were like, wow, Donald Trump really showed the fragility of democracy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They've had the exact lack of social media before and after, you know, like, yeah, it's just been the same. Like every rat is at inbox zero from birth till death. (laughs) (laughs) I do. They do a lot of deep work, don't they? The rats. Mm -hmm. It's mm-hmm. a lot of, if people know that term, focused. They're you know. present. Yeah. They're present in the moment. <laughs> I, that's yeah. me. That's what I want to be. Just rat style. <laughs> that's my new aspiration. Just at my desk with cheese, really taking it in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, I'm going to write a self-help book that's called, like, Make Every Year the Year of the Rat or whatever. And, like, maybe something less of a... Of a, a culture that i do not belong to but you know just (laughs) something about uh like rats all folks maybe that could do it and just like talk about how you should live like a rat (laughs) i really appreciate that vibe that feels good yeah yeah and yeah and then with other species there might be more mice than us we're not Mm. sure and then they think that there are probably more rats but also probably not a lot more so like there's (laughs) closer neck and neck yeah (laughs) and we we do have a higher biomass if people want to know biomass there's at the time 350 million tons of humans and that's way more weight than the population of rats would take that's part of why i thought that we could take them in a fight just the weight class is not close (laughs) you like if it was professional boxing 
you wouldn't be allowed to fight a rat by a long shot. They would be like, that's, it's immoral. <laughs> it's unethical. <laughs> Just a lot of really confusing weigh-in photos. They're way mm-hmm. below the frame, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, it would be guy. like a real wide-angle shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, and also, like, the biggest reason they are almost tracking our population is they're very comfortable living with us. Like, they can, <laughs> they can live in nature. They can be outside of human society. But uh, the next number here is more than 4,000. And more than 4,000 is the number of different things found in the stomach of one rat. Whoa. More than 4,000 things that the, the scientists who were looking at it said, okay, this is this, this is that. It ate all of these different things. Wow. That... What are some, what's the range of like, what kinds of things? They don't say, it's just, it's the Smithsonian National Zoo. They're, they have like a whole page about the brown rat species, like mm-hmm. it's an elephant or something. And then just one sure. of the fun factoids on the side is more than 4,000 things. And they didn't tell me what. That's, I have so many follow-up questions and, <laughs> and you're do. not the guy to go to with them, <laughs> but yeah. some of them include, uh, how long do these things stay in the the rat's stomach? What are the things? Like, what's the range of things? Um, is that normal for a rat? Or is this rat like a, the Guinness World Record setter? This 4,000 things in the stomach of a rat is like the worst first draft of Seasons of Love from Rent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how do you measure a year uh four thousand things in the stomach of a rat shut up shut up <laughs> stop singing <laughs> don't hey. sing any more ideas <laughs> like they meet with them they're like we're gonna raise your rent we need you to leave uh we don't. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, we agree with the landlord about you specifically get out specifically you yeah you've got to go like even if everybody else we're gonna strike some kind of deal you've got to leave You've been doing some weird rat autopsies. <laughs> You're gross. <Yeah>. Stomach yeah. <laughs> of rats. Get out. Get out. <laughs> You're being evicted for that. We took a we took a video, which is much harder. We had to have a guy walking around with a camcorder for the entire 90s. <laughs> Couldn't just turn a phone around. Right. <laughs> And the rats are like, what's a smartphone? I'm so zen. I, yeah, I yeah, even, yeah. The rats are no so idea. chill. They're just like, hey, man, put down that camera, Mark. Live in the moment. <laughs> now I'm just picturing the word rat in the rent font of like the almost magazine clipping <laughs> ransom font. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to I'm going to jump to a number that's sort of relevant to that. The next number Please. Uh, is 500 cases of wine. And mm-hmm. 500 cases of wine is how much wine Disney Pixar planned to sell as a promotion for Ratatouille when it came out in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, the, the, the LA Times covered this. It, it fell apart. It didn't become a thing. But in July 2007, Disney Pixar made a deal with Costco to sell Ratatouille Chardonnay. It was a 2004 French Chardonnay, and then the label had Remy the Rat on it. And according to the LA Times, it all got scrapped because there's like existing advertising rules that bar wine bottle labels from having stuff that could attract kids, such as cartoon characters. Obviously. (laughs) That's the first Google search. Yeah. That's when you said like a ratatouille wine, I was like, there's no way. You can't have a PG movie with a wine (laughs) die-in. Yeah. That's Turns like out. having um yeah. that's like having up, right? And then it's like call your doctor about a recreational morphine drip. Like <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> hey, he's an old guy who needs palliative care. <laughs> I don't like this. This is a bad idea. Whoever had yeah. that idea, this is like the four thousand this is four thousand things in the stomach of a rat song guy. Just yeah. not a good not a good plan. <laughs> following number here because like ratatouille was a big hit anyway but the following number here is a date it's january 1st of 2021 okay and new year's day 2021 is the date of the one night only performance of a live stream of a ratatouille musical that i remember yes 
Yeah. I do you follow do you like watch TikTok for fun? Because we were watching it in 2020 and we saw like the run up. I remember I I see TikToks when they surface other places. Um, I'm not a big this is this is another little aggression. I'm not a big like short video watcher. Like it just doesn't. When I'm scrolling, I'm like, let me look at a thing. Let me read a thing like I'll read with a caption. But sometimes I'll like look at a TikTok trend and be like. I don't get this. And then I'll hear one with the song and I'll be like, oh, now I understand what everybody's doing. <laughs> but I like I'm like sound off, listen to a podcast or to my own music. And so at TikTok as an app, I feel like I would only be getting like 70 percent enjoyment out of it, Max. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah, you're really all of your senses have to be paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like. In 2020, there was just this groundswell of a bunch of different users of TikTok saying, like, Ratatouille would be a good musical. That would just fully, that should be a Broadway musical. Let's do it. Uh, And then people were, like, making songs. They were making, uh, like, diagrams of sets. They were making posters. Oh, I didn't realize it got that deep. I just remember the little song snippets and stuff. There was, I saw one person did one where they did, it was a sample voiceover for a radio ad for selling tickets for the Broadway <laughs> musical so that did not exist and was not a thing. That's amazing. So, like, I, yeah. when I say I'm not, like, a big TikTok watcher, it's not because I think it's, like, not inventive or ingenious. It just, like, isn't the way I consume entertainment. But I do think, like, what a what a fun way to employ this technology and distribution mechanism to, like, to make ads yeah. for a fake musical that doesn't exist. Like, that, that to me, I love. Yeah, Yeah, especially because people can, like, kind of remix or pull Mm -hmm. each other's things so they can Mm -hmm. build, you know, and, like, they were doing different vocal parts and harmonies, and it it was great, yeah. That's so fun. Yeah, that is really nice. That's so much better. Like, if anyone who was, like, so Chardonnay that we sell at Costco, if somebody even, like, what about, (laughs) like, a a crowdsourced musical? That's so much better. Yeah, and, like, uh, unless Disney is super super smart which they could be this seems to have just happened like they didn't push it or you know come up with it right and then there was enough enthusiasm that there hasn't been a ongoing musical but like new year's day 2021 there was a one night only musical starring titus burgess wayne brady ashley park and adam lambert uh, for charity like they streamed it and that's a good cast very appealing rats and good cast and yeah just really good I like that. I think this is the lighter side of rats. So far, we've, I feel like I'm really coming around on enjoying rats, even like, you know, I was slight negative coming in, but now maybe slight positive. I like the range of, because I also, I also found just various articles about like, here's a list of every rat villain and culture. And it's like a humongous slideshow. Like it goes on and on. <laughs> and, then, and then Ratatouille is like one of the most beloved movies. And yeah. they're friends. They're great. That is great. And the the next number here, this is a little of the flip. The next number is the number 2000, not the year. Okay. 2000 is the number of live rats that were specifically bred and trained for the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The third Indiana Jones, the one with the grails. Uh, Yeah. They bred 2000 rats for one scene of the movie. Wow. And were they all in that scene or some of them understudies? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like backup rats because i feel like they're like there's gonna be some attrition right. we're gonna have some melt with this number of 2000 maybe maybe you have extras for that thing where like one extra in the group is clearly trying to get on camera the most yeah like, yeah, like yeah. He, you gotta get that guy out of there doing you know, he's spiking the lens he's looking directly at the lens we can't have that rat it's unnerving we can't have a rat breaking the fourth wall <laughs> just like the, you might be wondering how I got here. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh, I see the picture you sent of Indiana Jones, of Harrison Ford cuddling with a rat. Yeah, and I'll, I'll have this link for people in this movie. And there's a tip from listener Sarah Stella. Thank you, Sarah. There's one scene of the movie where Indiana Jones and the, the soon-to-be villain Elsa, they're underneath the city of Venice. They're like going through catacomb tunnel kind of stuff. And there's such a huge pile of live rats. It's like an obstacle. Like they can't walk through it. Mm-hmm. And movie productions that are live, they don't use wild rats because of the disease and they're not trained. Of course. And so according to producer Robert Watts, they bred a family of 2,000 rats to be in that scene and do it. Wow. I bred a, f- a family of 2,000 rats. 
I guess that's what it is when you breed them all, right? You're like, this is a family. Um, Pretty much, that yeah. is <laughs> That is a lot. I wonder, like, I've done some weird stuff. You know, I've worked adjacent to production with production where it's like, okay, we need this weird thing on set at this specific time. And it's like, you have to think about like, okay, we need 2000 rats on this day. When do we need the rats to start um, fornicating? Um, (laughs) When do we need the rat reproductive process to start? How long is the gestation? When will the little rats grow into big rats? And that's such, that's now a production question. It's like, okay, where do we put the rats? Um, the where do we put the rats and uh, while this is happening is there something we do to induce it like you know how with pandas that you have to like seduce you have to like mutually seduce the pandas because they don't (laughs) want to mate i feel like with rats and i hope this isn't too adult content for this podcast we're just you know just trying to be national geographic about it but i wonder if the rats are just like oh let's go or if you've got to play some mood music put down some rose petals or whatever (laughs) rappers from a mcdonald's big mac (laughs) we'll touch on it later but the the short answer is they love it they're down okay uh they're 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 very ready yeah (laughs) but i hope i hope somebody on the crew acted like it's hard and got paid a lot of money and got a lot of resources yeah 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 yeah. and was like oh boy i'm i'm up to my neck trying to get these rats to make love (laughs) (laughs) it's been a week (laughs) But what are those noises from in the rat room? Don't worry about don't, it. Don't worry about that's it. Them, difficult. That's them being like, uh, uh, maybe tomorrow, not tonight. I've got a big day tomorrow. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's that's so interesting, right? Because you, you need to like budget that time into the film production. And then you got to raise the baby rats. <laughs> Right. Uh, like, yeah, I looked at the clip and mostly looked like adults and stuff. Like mm-hmm. if production got delayed or sped up, that's a whole issue. You have the rat member of the crew being like, um, excuse me. No, no. The rats are too young. And they're like, <laughs> gross. Are you the same guy from the other thing? Because this is gross. You get to get out of here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's I, I, that's so funny. Right. Or they're late. And they're like, the rats yeah. are elderly. You can't get them in a dangerous looking pile anymore. They just want to nap and watch Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> well, and the, the last number here, there's another date. Uh, the number is February 11th of 2032. Okay. So in the future, February 11th, 2032. <laughs> the rat future, of course. Right. <laughs> when they rule the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, With Where it's like there's there's going to be real rats and there's going to be rat placants that are cyborgs. <laughs> Blade Ratter. Yeah, sure. Blade Ratter. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> February 11th, 2032. Yeah, that is, uh, that's Chinese New Year that year, and it's the start date of the next year of the rat. Uh, the previous oh. one was 2020, and so that's a little ways out. Mm. We got some time to wait Yeah, yeah. For, for me to start working on this book. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> if we're going to launch during the year of the rat, about rat philosophy. Oh, you got lots of time. Yeah, that's great. Got uh, a decade. This is going to be my opus. It's going to be like 1,200 <laughs> pages long. Just weird <laughs> fragments and metaverses. For the first time, you're super frustrating to your book agent. Like, Josh, we've done books before. Uh, they were five. I don't know why this is hard. Like, I need more time. <laughs> like, isn't this a self-help book about being like a rat? An idea I already told you not to write. Like, yes, it's that. But it's so much more. <laughs> it's about everything. Can't you see? <laughs> And the and the year they're at in the Chinese zodiac, it's like surprisingly significant. Tell me more. For for one thing, just in general, there's a lot of positive beliefs about people born under the rat sign, in particular about high intelligence, creativity, adaptability. Like, okay, it, it fits narratively with rats, like the good yeah. things about rats. They're very flexible. Yeah, and then there's also there's like a sort of legend about their place in the order because they're first in the zodiac of the twelve animals. Oh, and huh. I, I didn't know there was an order, but it turns out they're considered first, and it's because uh, the way the story goes, there was a mythic jade emperor who made the different zodiac animals run a race to see okay. who would be what order. Yeah, 
and there was a huge river they had to cross. The rat convinced the ox to let the rat ride on its head. Very rat-like behavior. And then as soon as they got across, it just ran to the finish and won. Very rat-like behavior. This checks yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. This checks out. Yeah, it's some rat stuff, yeah. There's a lot of myths, or, you know, a lot of folklore um, about, like, a thing crossing a river on another thing. Yeah, huh. There's like the scorpion and the frog, right? That's one. The yeah. gingerbread, the gingerbread man is like a, there's like a river crossing. Oh, I don't know that right? one. Doesn't it? I thought the ginger, yeah. You're probably right. I, I don't Ginger, know much gingerbread man stuff. You don't know yeah. the gingerbread man <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's so interesting that that's such a prominent feature. And it's usually a trick. Right. Uh, yeah. Like somebody fools somebody and it's like, let's tell the story forever. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's, so now if somebody wants my help crossing a river, no dice. <laughs> That's a long held belief I have. I'm not going to help anybody. You get across yourself. I'll meet you on the other side. Then we'll link up. <laughs> and, that, and then there's one other interesting thing. And, and this seems to be more of a niche belief. I don't know if everybody thinks okay. this, but uh, there's a very well-established thing with the Chinese Zodiac where... There's 12 animals, and then also they rotate through five classical elements. Oh, I didn't know that. There's It's wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. So mm-hmm. each each Chinese New Year, it's not only an animal, but it's specifically one of the five elements. Like 2032 will be a water element rat, specifically. Okay. And I, I couldn't find amazing sourcing, but the Philippine edition of Esquire magazine has an article okay. about... A perceived curse for one element of the rat year. They think that the metal rat specifically, which with, you know, it's 12 times five. These on the specific ones are only once every 60 years. Right. But they think each 60 years, the year of the metal rat comes and it's bad. Oh, interesting. And you said 2020 was a metal rat. It was. Yeah. Uh, mm. So like uh, people I said, it's a pretty cool year. All things considered. <laughs> I thought 2020 <laughs> was pretty sick. Nothing bad happened. <laughs> especially because like chinese new year starts like sort of january 2020 that's right. really that was really like a difficult series of things in there yeah. all at once you know uh, like Rough. covid and uh, chaos you know keep full um, hit. right and no then man. previously before 2020 there was a metal rat in 1960 which was a major rice famine in china Oh, no. And before 1960 was 1900. That was the main year of what Europeans call the Boxer Rebellion, which mm. resulted in eight countries allying to invade China and do imperialist stuff there. That's pretty uh, bad. And then before 1900 was 1840, which was a key year in Britain's first opium war, where they tried to impose the opium trade on China. Uh, and that's as far as the article went. But there's this belief about one super specific rat year on the Zodiac. I'm glad that it's not all rat years. Yeah. Because I don't think it would be good for the rat's reputation. And it's just too often to have real bad stuff happening. Yeah. And shout out to people born in years of the rat. It's yeah, I, I had no to... idea it was such a big deal until researching it specifically. I forget what year. I think I was ox. Oh, nice. That's the next one after rat. You just missed rat. Oh, the... okay. All right, great, great, great. I was ox, so I was tricked by the rat, and that's how we came in second in the race. But um, <laughs> the I was looking it up. This is like a real bleak moment for me. I, there's like an infographic that the year it it's like a concentric circles, and oh, the cool. the years are listed inside them, like in ascending order as it goes outward. And the year I was born was the oldest rat year listed and then it's like before that you're just gonna have to use subtraction (laughs) i was like oh boy okay i I see what this means for me (laughs) i mean we can tell listeners you are 100 years old right we can 100 years old yeah cool yeah 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 yeah. i mean that's that's fair i'm not i'm not bashful about my age i think you know i work in entertainment but i think it's important to be honest Right. I'll post a selfie with no makeup. I'll reveal that I'm 100 years old. I just want to fight the stigma. <laughs> hashtag no filter, hashtag 100. And then people are like, he is keeping it 100. He's like, no, I'm 100. I'm, I'm keeping it 100 to like turn 101. That's what I'm keeping it. <laughs> keeping it 100, hopefully for only 365 days. 
<laughs> then I'll keep it 101 for a little while. Off of that, we are going to a short break, followed by a whole new takeaway. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So, I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them, and then you just stay there like, like really quiet. And try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. Well, uh, beyond those stats and numbers, there's a couple like main takeaways for the main episode. So let's get into them. Starting with let's do takeaway it. number one. There is one main kind of world rat. And it's misnamed in two ways. Okay. It turns out there's there's like dozens of rodent species, but there is one main rat species called the brown rat that okay. has pretty much taken over the world, especially in North America and Europe. That like that's usually the rat you're gonna. That's see. the rat you're looking at. Yeah. Okay. How is it misnamed? Yeah, and the the one way is it's not always brown. So okay. Crazy. Sure. But the the other way is that not the, a rat. <laughs> it's a tiny horse <laughs> little bitty horse long tail <laughs> like they're doing the zodiac race and it's like it looks like the rat won and it takes off a mask and it's the horse i'm also in the chinese <laughs> zodiac tiny horse. Ah. So we can't have year of the teeny we're still gonna say rat you were just like a rat give me year of the teeny tiny horse we already got a horse <laughs> regular sized horse and the the other way it's misnamed is the the scientific name is Radus Norvegicus, okay, which is referring to it being from Norway. The other common name for it is the Norway rat. Oh, uh, and that's not accurate. They're not from Norway. That's a mistake too. How did that one come about? And the main source here is a great book. It's called Rats: Observation on the History and Habitat of the City's Most Unwanted Inhabitants. Mm -hmm. That's by writer Robert Sullivan, and then also counting on the Smithsonian here. But mm -hmm. the Norway rat, so-called, according to my sources, it's a rat species that originated in Asia. Okay. And they don't know exactly where or when, but by like, by around 2000 years ago, it was living in forests in modern China. Like it was a colder weather forest animal. Okay. And then apparently they pretty much stayed there and lived on human food and other stuff they could find. Yep. All the way until the early 1700s. And then they, through international trade, rapidly spread across the whole world. Mm. Like, just they would eat stores on ships, and they would just go, go, go. And they reproduced like crazy, so they got everywhere. Right. Easy to come up with 2,000 of them just for Indiana Jones. Yeah. It's it's a piece of cake, even though that guy doesn't want you to know. He wants to get paid. He doesn't want you to know. He wants you to think he's so special. Hey, <laughs> they. why do they call you the Rat Whisperer? I'm the only one who knows their secrets. All right. Enough. <laughs> You got, didn't you, are you the guy that got evicted from the rent building? You're the only one they kicked out. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Wait, okay, right, right, Don't right. sing. Stop singing. <laughs> I see the problem. Um, okay, so they spread, and then people kind of re-found them in Norway, or that's when they were categorized by whoever does this taxonomy? Pretty much, yeah. It was uh, this name, Norway Rats, comes from the English. It was a naturalist named John Birkenhout. 
And his understanding was that they had come to England from Norway because that sure. might have been the last stop before they reached England. Got it. Uh, and but they're not Norwegian. So he just didn't didn't re- report this out all the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, this boat came from Norway. No further questions. <laughs> That's exactly, where yeah. the rat originated. <laughs> Got it. That's I respect that laziness. <laughs> Who cares where the rat's from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's from Italy. You, you want it to be called the Italian rat? Who cares? <laughs> I guess that is very detail oriented to be like, what places have you been? Here's a map. Okay. Do you recognize this? What about yeah. this? Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Show the rat. Does this, yeah. Click doing a little like ratcha where it's like, put your paw <laughs> on all the things that are from, that you recognize from childhood. <laughs> Ooh, a, a really big wall. That's not, that seems right to me. Um, <laughs> Wow, the Great Wall of Norway. They know it. Cool. <laughs> uh. <laughs> they um, but that's so interesting that both of the the scientific and the common name are misnomers. Yeah, because like the the other thing, and probably better known to people, but like I never would have thought the rats I see day to day are specifically called the brown rat because they can just as often be gray. Most yeah. most laboratory rats are this species, and they have white fur. And then mm. pretty much all pet rats are this species. And I'm going to link, there's the American Fancy Rat and Mouse Association, the okay. AFRMA. They mm-hmm. do the equivalent of dog shows and cat shows for rats and mice. And Interesting. Their, their online list of their judging standards recognizes 40 different color markings for rats. Like and in those different are categories to compete in. Known as the brown rat, mostly. Yeah, they're like this. The site explicitly says like these are all the same species. These Got are it. Different varieties. Yeah, they're all brown rats. I can see how you would see a bunch of brown rats and be like, "That's one kind of rat," and then find out later, like, "Oh, all the other colors of rats. That's the same guy." Yeah. <laughs> you, but that's so interesting. What do you know roughly what the ratio of brown rats to other is? Oh, I like, don't. I like, yeah. It's not a slim margin, though. It's not like 51% brown rats, 49% other rats. It's like predominantly by a by a landslide. Yeah, apparently starting in the 1700s, brown rats spread across the world and pushed out or wiped out other populations of rats, except right around the tropics and the equator. Mm, so there, there's another main species called the black rat. Okay. And I guess it's just like a sub interesting thing. Like if you were in like Dutch Manhattan, you would have seen black rats. And it took until the 1770s or so for brown rats to come and push them out. Interesting. So it changed over. The book I read did a fun thing where they were like right at the start of the American Revolution, which is very uh, cute to me, I guess. It's a a little silly. Funny. It's very um, American tale. (laughs) Bible. An immigrant story. Yeah. Yeah. So there's still like a lot of, uh, there's substantial populations of black rats. Got it. And apparently also even on like the U.S. West Coast, in particular Los Angeles, like you'll find black rats in the trash and other places where they can eat human stuff. Oh, huh. But but for the most part, and like in most countries, this podcast is popular. You're dealing with just brown rats, no matter how they look. And they're not from Norway. It's made up. They're not from Norway, which is a fact I didn't even know until today. And then I learned it and then immediately had to be like, but that's wrong. (laughs) People think that, but it's wrong. (laughs) Don't, don't let that take hold. Yeah. (laughs) Don't just learn the first half where it's called the Norwegian rat and then just stop remembering. Remember the part that that's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And it's fun. Like I, I was reading a book about birds in New York City, just what lives here, I'm trying to find out things about the city. But like mm-hmm. a lot of the scientific names of those also come from basically errors in one naturalist thinking the bird was from a place. Sure, and sure, it's sure. Not. It's just where they saw it. The tracking technology back then, not as good as it is now. It was mostly little parcel of string based, I think. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, oh, hey, there's the string again. Then this, this my bird, string anona is back or whatever. Where have you been? Covered in, <laughs> covered in uh, salsa. You must have, this must have been from the, the Central America. You're like, I don't know. I think someone just spilled salsa on your bird, man. 
I'm I'm very hung up on string anona. I want to read that Thank book. Thank you. I want to. Thank you. I want to. <laughs> that's an Italian bird. It's a little bird, big pot of pasta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and there, there's just one other takeaway for the main episode here, uh, and it's focused on the brown rat. Well, here we go into takeaway number two. Brown rat bodies are even more astounding than people think. I'm, I believe that. Yeah, I had like heard a few things about them being able to squeeze through doors and stuff. And mm. there's more going on like that and more. Yeah. What else they got with the squeezing? It turns out like I thought they could just get into small spaces. Mm-hmm. Robert Sullivan's book, he cites people who studied basically exactly how tight they can get. Mm-hmm. And he says an adult rat can fit through a hole that is three quarters of an inch wide. So they can go full like toothpaste mode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's eerie. That's too <laughs> malleable. That's at that point you're bordering on being a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and for for metric folks, that's slightly over one point nine centimeters, but three quarters of an inch wide, like that. Yeah. And that limit is dictated by the width of an adult rat's skull. Sure. Like you can't adjust your skull bones all that much. All of the rest of the bones in the body. I love toothpaste mode. That's correct. Like, that's exactly what they do. That's what it is. Or you just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. That is so flexible that it makes me squirm. <laughs> it's it's pretty weird. Yeah. Uh, and good yeah. for them, but weird. Yeah. Good. It's good. Just... For th- sure. If there's one thing that I want people to take away from my perspective on rats, it's good for them. <laughs> Let them have it. <laughs> you got to hand it to them. But that is like. You, it doesn't feel like that shit, like a whole rat. You would look at that and be like, I can see that that's a hole that something could get through, but certainly not a whole rat. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a, a bug. Sure. Great. But, yeah. Uh, that's even a big it. bug. Yeah. <laughs> even a very big bug, but but not an adult rat. But yeah. yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And then the next thing here is is probably the most actually negative thing about rats for a human right. perspective which is disease vector they are like actually carriers of disease you know a pet rat is fine because it's been kept away from it sure but, like I, I guess i should have said at the top don't hang out with rats on the street they actually carry a bunch of diseases um mm, this will be for the, we'll see who's really listening you know people turn this <laughs> off halfway through they're getting various plagues and poxes it's like oh you've been hanging out with too many rats because you didn't listen to the end <laughs> that's on you <laughs> their doctor is like show me your podcast application i need to see <laughs> that this is your fault <laughs> show me the timestamp where you where your commute ended or where you drifted off to sleep yeah or where your workout we stopped working out and and yeah and they I think rats are most famous for allegedly and kind of probably carrying plague to Europe starting in the 1300s AD, like the Black Death. Sure. And oddly, there's actually new studies suggesting that, you know, they are capable of carrying it and they might have played a role, but they're probably not the main thing. It was probably mostly lice and fleas. Sure. Biting infected people uh, and also pack animals. So they, they might not have been the main thing. If it was mostly rats... Just thinking about, like, how much people would have had to have been hanging out with rats back then. <laughs> like, good point. Yeah, there's not, like, true. all these oil paintings of just people in the town squares, like, throwing rats back and forth. Or, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Juggling rats. Like, sitting on right? a chair made of rats. All, all those Dutch paintings of five guys with big collars, and then there's rats too. Like also <laughs> are also merchants, you know. Just like a still life that's just a bowl of rats. <laughs> it's just yeah, for it to be mostly rats, it's like who are these weirdos that are that are making that human rat crossover? Because even if there was la- yeah. there was more permeability of boundaries back then, you know, things aren't weren't as sanitary. It's still like I don't think most people were like rats. Let's good morning rats, and then just kissing every rat on the street, just like a gorgeous day. <laughs> right, Belle in the Beauty of the Beast town, just mm-hmm. like <laughs> good morning rat, good morning baker, good morning rat. At the baker's like ah, yeah, <laughs> other rats. <laughs> They're like 
hey, you, I know you think that we think you're weird because of the books. It's the rat <laughs> kissing for sure. Yeah. That is so above and beyond the reading. We all have books. That's why we know the rats are weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and then like beyond the plague thing, because they can't carry it, but they're known carriers of like pretty much every other disease you can think of apparently hantavirus leptospirosis lymphocytic choreomeningitis i'm saying names i don't really understand but i've read these in sources uh tularemia salmonella like they they are to some extent so full of disease it's kind of impressive they're fine you know like they're personally okay right that they're just they're just kicking yeah. And they're just like, oh, you have paleothrombosis. And the rat's like, I don't know what that means, but best of <laughs> luck to you, person. Yeah. And like the spookiest thing I could find about this is that in Robert Sullivan's book, he talks about a cases of public health scientists. Yeah, you know, it's it's probably a rat that's died, but like examining a feral rat for disease and finding new viruses that had never been recorded in medical Whoa. literature. Like they're that full of disease. Don't touch them hang out with them and your pet is fine separately yeah (laughs) that's that's so much disease that's were those some of the four thousand things in a rat's stomach oh (laughs) just like a big bite of salmonella (laughs) right it's like three nine 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 diseases in one candy bar like that's what we found (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. they like candy we found we found a herpes molecule the size of a marble in this rat's stomach. <laughs> and the, the next part of the body beyond the disease is the tail. It turns out rat tails are amazing. Ooh, they have like a lot going to? on. And the the this is new scientist is the source here. The first thing is balance. They help with balance, which is mm-hmm. lots of animal tails do that. Yeah, but also like rat tails are famously not furry. And that's part of people's uh, revulsion to them, I think, is the bare, like, skin. Yeah, you know? it's like a like a long, slender finger. Yeah, that's pretty much accurate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, the, and that vibe is coming from the tail being incredibly useful for what's called thermoregulation. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, just like humans, rat can release, rats can release heat through their skin. And the tail, no fur, it's easier to release heat. Uh, mm. And apparently also they can adjust the blood flow to their own tails to control how much or little heat they're releasing, which is amazing. It's cool. That is amazing. I wonder, now, does that regulate unconsciously or do you think they're like, blood to the tail? <laughs> Just like thinking about it really hard. <laughs> like, cool me down, tail. It it seems like the first thing, but I really yeah. wish. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I when I was young, a rat tail was... A hairstyle that, right. you know, and uh, and those were, I think people also find them, uh, found them sometimes unnerving, uh, even though they were very furry. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, that, I really didn't find anything wildly interesting about it, but mm-hmm. that I, like, read this, thought about the rat tail hairstyle, and proceeded to think about Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Oh, where, yeah. Uh, yep. That's just like a hairstyle in space in that movie. <laughs> it's very interesting. It's yeah. interesting anytime you you see people's imagining of like the future, the past, space, what elements from Earth that they decide to <laughs> to bestow upon them. Like I always think like whenever something's in the past, right? It's like a vaguely British accent for some reason, but like why not right, French? Yeah. Or, you know, I understand why you wouldn't do like a have a bunch of white actors do like a Japanese accent. That would be super inappropriate. But like, why not Greek? You know, why is it always British? (laughs) Right. Like British is equally random. Sure. Right. Exactly. So they could all talk like triumphant insult comic talk and it would be the same. (laughs) Right. 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 (laughs) Those are those are not the droids I'm looking for to poop on. <laughs> when the and the last uh, and it's part of their body, but the last rat body thing to talk about is reproduction. They are amazing at reproduction, mm-hmm. like even compared to other animals. And uh, it turns out that male and female rats can each have sex up to twenty times per day. Wow! And then apparently they've measured this uh, with the feral ones 
and there was a particularly dominant male rat that had 20 partners within a six-hour period. Damn. Which is a lot, a lot of work. That's a That's the scientist who kept track of that certified freak. <laughs> Medical board certified freak. At least six hours a week. We know that. <laughs> MDCF, medical doctor, certified freak. Uh, it's just written on the, the jacket. <laughs> That's, I, you know, I don't even think I would go to a fertility specialist to list their certified freak. <laughs> well, and, then, uh, and then the other part of the reproduction is that a female rat only needs three weeks to, like, gestate, have babies. So now this brings us back to Indiana Jones. You could even figure out the timeline it would take for all this and depending on how many you start with not long it it would very easily fit into your pre-production process yeah three weeks gestation and they and then when they have babies they have a litter of usually eight to ten rats Mm. and the female apparently can also get pregnant again immediately like no no pause just boom um that's (laughs) yeah (laughs) that sounds anatomically strenuous yeah, yeah, like, you know, I, I guess it's our human-centric perspective, but still, I, I don't want to, sure, come that's on, true. like, forget it, no. Right, <laughs> to be like, I gave birth to a litter of eight to ten babies, let's get right back at it. Yeah, and then, because the, like, the last, last number here, apparently people have run the numbers on how extensive this can be. And within one year, one pair of rats could theoretically produce a large enough family tree to have 15,000 descendants. Whoa. One pair of rats, one year, 15,000 resulting rats. I feel like so many parents are hearing this now and going like, and we don't have one grandchild. (laughs) (laughs) Human parents. That is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Josh Gondelman for not just helping make it a New York show, but make it a Broadway show, baby. We really uh, we really tripped the light fantastic. I liked it. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com. Patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is the unique rat situation in Alberta, Canada. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show, for a library of almost nine dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation By the way, if you become a patron, not only do you get that bonus show, you get a huge discount on the video on demand for the entire live episode about raccoons. Some of you were there. Some of you also streamed it live, but many more of you I I know have not seen it. And I think you would really enjoy it's a a live episode of the podcast about raccoons with special guests Kath Barbadoro, David Roth and Martin Urbano. It does cost money to see it because the money funds the tech and the gear and the staff that recorded it, right? Like, it's just they they need to get paid something to do that labor, and they do. And again, patrons get a big discount. I'm going to repost the discount code at sifpod.fun just for patrons so you guys can enjoy that. Also, I do hope you become a patron because then, among other things, you get the secrets of Alberta, Canada's rat situation. In the meantime, thank you for exploring rats with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, there is one main kind of world rat, and it's misnamed in two ways. Takeaway number two, brown rat bodies are even more astounding than people think. And I feel like this one's the latest in a string of recent episodes with huge stats and numbers sections. Like It's a really big one this week and past weeks, too. This week, the numbers and stats include basically entire takeaways about the rat population, the Chinese zodiac, the role of rats in cinema, and more. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guest. He's great. 
Josh Gondelman has a new and fantastic stand-up comedy special. It's from Comedy Dynamics. The title is People Pleaser. If you would please consider purchasing it, that, you know, funds more specials. The whole thing works. And then going to have lots more links to other highlights from Josh Gondelman. In particular, his book, Nice Try, Stories of Best Intentions and Mixed Results. Just a really wonderful comedian, writer, everything else. I'm really grateful to him for making the time and being here. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. There's a great book that underpinned a lot of this. It's titled Rats, Observations on the History and Habitat of the City's Most Unwanted Inhabitants. And that's by writer Robert Sullivan, who's a New Yorker contributor and from New York. The cover is like Manhattan, but with a rat as the shape. It's it's a really fun cover, but mainly book. I read what was inside the cover, too. Also used a really handy rundown of brown rat biology and behaviors from the Smithsonian National Zoo and lots more online resources from The Atlantic, National Geographic, NPR, the CBC. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken Unshaven by The Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you'll love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I'm thrilled to say we will be back next week with more secretly incredibly fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then. <laughs>